Hi, everybody. I'm Jeff Hunt, and this is Human Capital, a goal span podcast. On Human Capital, I get to interview top business thought leaders to uncover the deeply human aspect of work. We have all witnessed the radical globalization of economies in the past decade. My company, Goalspan, actually now has users in 52 countries in addition to the US. The pandemic has pushed remote work to a new level, allowing many companies to source talent around the world. And today I have the opportunity to go international and speak with a German self-made entrepreneur who lives at the center of this worldwide phenomenon. Ben Schneider is the founder of Jobmify.com. And Jobmify is a premium search platform for hiring remote workers overseas. Ben reached 10 million in sales within 14 months of launching his company by only using Facebook and Instagram ads. That is impressive. He's written a, an Amazon bestseller in Germany and he founded the print magazine titled Jobmify, which actually now has over 40,000 readers worldwide. Ben hosts his own podcast titled Business and Lifestyle Legends. And he's had some very prominent guests like Neil Patel, David Meltzer, and Johnny Lee Dumas. He was recently honored by Airfold Magazine as the top online marketing expert and one of the top 500 business influencers in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Welcome, Ben. Hey, Jeff. Glad to be on the show today. Well, first of all, I just have to recognize you live in a beautiful part of the world. So I've been there, and uh, you must look out your window and appreciate the beauty that you have where you live. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a nice place. Uh, we do not have bad, awesome weather like if you're living on on the West Coast, for example, in in the U.S. or in Dubai or something like that. But yeah, basically, Germany is a great country. Ben, take us back to the beginning of your career. Who or what inspired you to go into business, and in your case, to become a serial entrepreneur? I think my my parents inspired me, especially my dad, because he was always an entrepreneur. Um, and I, I would say I was starting my career at around eight years uh, when I sold like Tamagotchis in the school. <laughs> Don't know if you remember them. Um, but yeah, then I, I was going at around the age of 12 uh, on eBay. Um, eBay was quite brand new this time, and I, I bought um, yeah game, game Boys and PlayStation bundles, and I sold them there. So the, this this were probably the the first steps uh, in my career. But uh, this these days I was far away from being uh, a successful entrepreneur or a serial entrepreneur or something like that. I was just a kid making some money, but um, yeah, basically for me it was always clear that later on I will be an entrepreneur. So, and that, that was uh, what's happened. And you probably actually learned more than you're giving credit in those young years. You know, when you were eight, 10, 12 years old, trying to buy and sell things, I bet you actually learned more than you're suggesting. Is that true? For sure, 100%. So imagine it was these days when I was a kid, 
um, I was I was researching for for the best the offers and how can I sell them best and how can I do great pictures to get even more than the competitors on eBay. And um, for example, imagine I had a lot of friends and I had tons of games in my room, but I didn't play them. I just bought and, and bought them and sold them. And my friends behind me, um, when I was sitting at the computer and um, put some stuff on eBay or bought something, they were playing my games behind me and I didn't. So I was more focusing on the business side. Um, but yeah, it was definitely... Uh, a uh, lot of learnings in that time. Well, and it sounds like uh, focusing on the business side has really paid off for you. <laughs> you know, instead of playing those video games. <laughs> Definitely 100%, but I would like to say it paid off in the last five to 10, five to eight, five to 10 years. So the first um, 15 years was a lot of learning time. Sure. And did it also sort of prepare you to become such an expert in social media advertising and that space? Like, did you learn a lot about that as well? Uh, sure, but not at this, not in this time. So yeah. basically, if you remember the times back then, um, eBay was brand new and there was no fancy, fancy stuff. There was no Facebook or something like that. Right. It, it was just not existing. Um, I got more into the social media online marketing world when I was starting my e-commerce store um, around nine, nine years ago. Um, yeah, starting an e-commerce store, we run the world's biggest store for sea monkeys, um, which is a very specific niche. Uh, but if you're doing it worldwide, it could be a great business. So um, I was doing that. And because of this, I was diving more and more into that social media online marketing world and um yeah then then it's like a snowball out of this uh people were asking me i was starting my coaching business and while i was teaching and coaching and guiding people entrepreneurs out there they were asking me hey ben it's nice to hear all that and you're definitely right but i cannot do that can you do that for me? For example, placing ads on Facebook. And out of this, the marketing, uh, the digital marketing agency was founded. Um, and because of my e-commerce store and the digital marketing agency and the coaching business, I needed some stuff because it got more and more successful and it got bigger and bigger and I needed um, some help um, because I, I always uh, also started as a solopreneur. And for that reason, I was looking for some help. So I was, uh, I tried people from Germany, um, but the problem was they were doing okay, I would like to say, but they were freaking expensive sure. for, for me this time. So I was looking for another opportunity. And then I came on that opportunity to hire people from the overseas. Um, like I started with a designer, for example. And this was a great opportunity. And then um, I was diving deeper and deeper into that game as well. And then some days um, I had a bad experience with someone and I got scammed by someone. I, I hired them on another platform for sure, not on Shopify. Um, and that was the reason why I founded Shopify.com because um, I, was, I was convinced this the system hiring people from the overseas who are speaking English, who are hardworking, who are talented, uh, 
providing quality work is awesome. It's really awesome because you can save that much money um, per month uh, on the monthly salary costs. But you need to be secure. You need to have an ID verification service. You need to have contracts there. You, you, you as an employer hiring people from the overseas, you need to be secure as possible. And so I founded Jobify.com. And that's how, the, how, how I went from a solopreneur to a serial entrepreneur. So it was not like, hey, I would like to have three companies and a few projects as well. It was step-by-step one step the second step and then because of that i did this and yeah that that was basically the journey i love that description because it seems so accurate for so many people in their career journeys they're not linear they are not point a to point b they meander and sometimes people get frustrated about those meanderings but at the end of the day there's usually huge benefit and learning that can come from the experiences that we develop. And like you said, you would not have been able to start Jobify, you know, when you did, had you not already gone through these experiences that you had. 100%, 100%. Um, you, you need to have uh, experience in the certain field you're diving in. If you're just founding a company because you want to earn money, this might not work. So I, I did not found companies. So for sure, uh, we can be honest to all people out there. For sure, I want to earn money with that company. But I started it to make this more secure because the system hiring people from the overseas is awesome. But there are some, yeah, some points that could be improved from the competitor side. And so I, I was founding my own company. I mentioned in my introduction about businesses moving to source more talent internationally, like you've been talking about. And when companies do this, when they expand their workforces internationally, how do they do this and continue to preserve their own culture or core values that they have internally? A lot of my clients who are using the hiring service haven't worked with remote workers before. And um, so they don't know how to work with them, what you mentioned. And working with remote workers is way different than working with office-based workers. But um, I think a lot of people, if we would have done this interview a year ago, system, uh, the situation would be whole different. But uh, nowadays, a lot of companies have already implemented the infrastructure. They already have um, online communication channels. They already are working on a cloud together, something like this. So basically, if you wanna start working with a remote worker, you need to have the infrastructure first. You need to, to have a cloud, like for example, the G Drive, the Google Cloud or something like that, where the remote worker are uploading files, for example. Um, for sure, you can have your own cloud as well. Um, then you need to have a communication tool, like a chat tool, like Skype, for example, um, or you use Zoom or something like that, Google Meet. Um, yeah, you need to have a task management tool, um, which we have in Chopify included already, for example. Um, you need to have an invoicing tool as well, because um, interesting fact to know, if you hire someone from the overseas, it's not like you have hired someone um, 
from America in your company because there are a lot of benefits. You don't have to pay taxes. You don't have to pay insurance costs and stuff like that. Um, so, but what you need to have for your accounting, you need to get an invoice uh, from that freelancer that uh, all is clear. And this is also what we have on Shopify already included. So what we are going to do on Shopify, we aim for an all-in-one solution that you just need a Shopify account and you have all there to find, hire, and work with a remote worker on a daily basis. But to answer your question, in addition to that, um, it's uh, the culture is also different. Beside the infrastructure, which is the technical part, the culture is different because you need to know, hire someone from the Philippines, which costs you, for example, a designer in the US costs you around, let's say $3,000 yeah, $3, a month, full-time work. A Filipino guy would cost you around $500 a month. And if you find the right one, quality would be the same. But the difference is the Filipino guy is a remote worker. So there needs to be more trust than into a person who is sitting next to you because you don't know if the remote worker is sitting in front of the in front of his computer right now or not. So for sure, there are some tools. For example, we have uh, time tracking and Jobify included. You could use that. Um, to be honest, I, don't, I do not use that for my stuff uh, because I trust them. But I don't know 100% if they are working there eight hours um, a, on a daily basis, 100%, or maybe they work today only seven hours, uh, but uh, tomorrow nine hours. If you work with remote workers, you shouldn't care that much about the hours. You should care about the final result. So if you are providing tasks to the people, and the people are delivering in high quality and you think the tasks could be done in around eight hours and this guy only needs seven hours, it's fine for me. So the culture is a little bit different. And this is, this is very important to understand that it's not an, an hour scheme. So for sure you tell them eight hours a day and it's clear, but it's not about it, it's not that much like if you have an office-based worker because an office-based worker, if you tell them, hey, you have to work until 5 p.m. and this guy would, <laughs> would uh, shut down his computer at 4.45, you would say to him, hey, what's up, man? You have another 15 minutes to go. With a remote worker, you wouldn't do that. It sounds like what you're describing is the importance of really communication. And there are many things that you're describing that are not different than how we manage workers if they were in our same offices. So for instance, the communication becomes critically important. You need to talk to that person regularly, right? You need to establish goals like you would with any local employee. You need to follow up with them and make sure they're completing their tasks on a regular basis and have performance-based conversations when necessary. But ultimately, it sounds like what you're saying is that building a trusting relationship with that person or those people is one of the most important things that you can do in terms of managing remote workers. Is that correct? 100%, 100% agree. Um, 
because if if, if the, the problem where one of the main problems people are doing by hiring remote workers from the overseas, they treat them like robots. They treat them like, hey, here is the task. You have to do that. Let me know when it's done. But this shouldn't be the case. Uh, someone from the overseas, no matter where he, uh, where he's, he or she is um, based, it's part of your team. So treat them like he's part of the family and not like uh, you are, we are here in the US and you are somewhere uh, and you have to do our tasks because you got paid for. This is not how it's working. If you wanna build a team, and I know that I have more than 20 uh, remote workers uh, in my company working and you can build a team. Uh, I was like, we had, for example, let me, let me tell uh, you this story. Um, we have founded the Chopmofi magazine. And the first episode, because we didn't know how much workload it, uh, it would be and uh, yeah, some stuff like that. And, but I wanted to have the deadline. Uh, I want that we reach that deadline. And there was no possibility to reach it. And my guys, and this was really impressing to me. And this was uh, a game changer moment for me uh, in, in my in my heart that I realized, hey, this is this is incredibly working, and I haven't expected before. Um, my guys worked four days, day and night, to pass that deadline, and basically it wouldn't be possible because uh, there was four days left, four days for eight hours a day. Uh, we would have never made it, but they worked. Um, five people from that magazine worked day and night to get on that deadline and this was this was impressive to me um and this was very awesome then i realized hey this is this is more awesome than i've expected and that we really made it to create a team and not only some workers from somewhere all, uh, all over the world um, and this is what you should aim for create a team, integrate that guys to your team, Skype with them, do not only chat, Skype with them, do video calls, um, laugh with them, um, ask them about their problems. So you need to know, depending on where you are hiring them. So for example, if you hire people from the Philippines, you need to know, hey, these guys are hard worker, but these guys are very family orientated. Um, these guys are very religious. Um, do not, do not scream at them if they made something wrong or something like that. So there are some cultural stuff um, you should know about. Mm -hmm. And um, this, this could be very important if you work with people from all over the world together. You're really expressing how critical it is to, to treat people with dignity, regardless of where they are located. And we're all humans on this same planet. And to appreciate the value of work and what other people offer, and not only just as a producer, but as a human. So we have, you know, to take interest in somebody else is a valuable gift that you can give them, right? And so exactly. it's very interesting what you're saying, because the opposite of that is really objectifying people of any other type or culture, which is what uh, what nations are trying to do better at. People, humanity is trying to do better at this. 
And so it's a, it's a very valuable lesson, Ben, that I think you've shared with us, which is really, we need to take these cultural leadership principles that we know that work on the home front in our own businesses and our own offices, which is to build relationships with people, build trust, care about them personally, in addition to professionally. And we need to extend all of those principles to every worker in any location, regardless of whether they're on the other side of the planet or, you know, uh, one time zone away. One, 100%. And um, I think you, you should learn uh, in the lead, uh, as a leader, no matter if you're office-based, but even more if you work with remote works, you should learn to instruct the people well and to guide them. Because um, if someone is new in your company, hey, he needs some time to settle down, to understand your vision, to know what you would like the, the banner look like, for example. This takes some time and you need to give the people that time. Um, and you need to instruct people um, as good as possible. And um, then you could, you could have great, great uh, employee um, when you hire a remote worker and in addition, a very affordable employee. So these guys are because of the income gap. So if people are wondering, is, is that a scam or something like that? It's not, it's just because of the income gap because someone in the Philippines is not earning that much than someone in the uh, UK or US or in Germany or um, some countries like that. Um, so we take profit from the income gap and these people are happy because um, they, they wouldn't have a job um, without remote work and they can work from home. They can work with, uh, at their families. They can have some more time with their families. And this is awesome for them. And it's awesome for us to have a high talented worker uh, for a very affordable price. Sure. Now, what's your advice to current employees domestic employees, maybe that are in the same uh, country time zone that are presently actually in the US, we call it W2 employees. So somebody who's getting a paycheck that are these people that are worried about their jobs being outsourced to international locations. How, how do you respond to, to those folks? Um, that could happen basically, but only if you are not good enough. So, because if, if you're doing an awesome job, if you are willing to work, if you're a hard worker um, and uh, your employer is happy with you, then I don't think he will fire you and hire someone else. But maybe if you're doing an awesome job, he will hire three Filipinos and you could be the manager of them for your employer. So you should more think in opportunities, um, not in, in problems or in bad situations. Um, because if you're good, then um, you will keep your job. But if you're doing a bad job anyway, um, really, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> you're in trouble anyway. <laughs> then you're in trouble. Yeah. It's really the difference between having a, a, an attitude of abundance or one of scarcity. You know, if I'm an employee, I guess my advice would be make sure that you're adding as much value to, you, to your employer as you possibly can. When's the last time you learned a new skill or you developed a new competency or achieved a certification on something? 
maybe those are things that you can do to really solidify your position and become an expert. So I, I like your approach. It's really one of more abundance than there is scarcity. So yeah, and and, and it is uh, to add that it's a mindset game as well because I'm not sure how it's in the U.S., but in Germany, uh, if you talk to employer uh, employees, um, everybody seems to be underpaid. Everybody of them are doing awesome work, and no company or no boss would exist without this employee. And then I was working as well as an employee and I saw all that guys and I was thinking like, hey, you are not doing a good job. You're doing a bad job. And I don't know why your boss is not firing you already. So, um, but this is kind of cultural thing. And then you work with a Filipino, for example, and this guy is a hardworking guy and this guy is happy to work with you. And they're not complaining about the salary or anything like that. So I think there should be a little bit of um, shift in the mindset of some people. On this show, we talk a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion, especially it's such a relevant topic in the US. I'm sure it probably is in Germany as well and Switzerland and Austria, but one of the things that comes to mind for me is that hiring remote workers seems to provide an opportunity for enhancing diversity if it's done in the right way, because now you're adding the multinational element. It doesn't ever work as a long-term strategy to solve the DEI problems locally in your company, domestically. So that's a different strategy, but wouldn't you say there's an opportunity to benefit from those cultural differences in hiring remote workers? 100% um, because working with different cultures in a company is always a great thing because we can learn a lot from people from other countries, no matter if they are educated uh, as we are or not. Um, it's just a cultural thing, how to treat with people, how to, how to treat with situations and um, also how they have, how's their view on the US, on Germany, what they what do they think about us? So for me in Germany, for example, it's it's quite usual, it's daily business to provide high quality because that's uh, in our German DNA. But if you go to US or other companies, they always, uh, they always see us, hey, Germans, you provide an awesome quality. And for me, it's like, hey, yeah, that's daily business. But uh, that's, that's what I mean with a different view from other countries. Let's shift into some lightning round questions. Before we do that, I wanna ask you one other question. I saw that you're, you're part of JCI. Tell us a little bit about that. I don't know too much about that organization, but aren't you involved with that, JCI? Yeah, I'm a member um, of JCI um, here in Augsburg, near Munich. Um, and JCI, we are doing some, um, yeah, some projects to help people. So it's not, it's not a paid, um, I do not get paid from GCI or anything like that. Um, but we help people, we help um, young, young people, especially, um, we guide them. Um, there are some projects to, to get them into jobs, to educate them in an entrepreneurial way. 
um, stuff like that we're doing on JCI here. Very good. I, I think it's an international organization. I believe there's a pretty large contingent in the US as well. So it sounds like it's very worthwhile work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, it's a little bit uh, the character like giving back. So we are earning a lot of money, we are doing great business, we have a lot of success, and we are healthy and happy and blessed lives. Um, and that's, yeah, one opportunity to give something back. That's great. All right, lightning round questions. First is what are you most grateful for? For my daughter and my wife. Mm. That was an easy answer, it seems like. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and next up is, what is the most difficult leadership lesson you've learned over your career? So I think um, that you need to learn consistency. Um, in, in business, in general, but also consistency with having people, what I mean, um, do not hire them and expect them in the first two weeks that they are awesome. They need to, to know about your vision. And this is something you need to work with people for um, a period of time to get their full potential out of the people. And um, do not treat the people from the boss stage uh, downwards. Treat them like you're uh, uh, that, that's interesting. Um, treat them like you're a colleague, but make sure that they know that you're the boss. So I'm, 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 not, I'm not the kind of person that uh, says, hey, we need to be all on the same stage and um, then it's working. No, uh, I, I think people need to know who is the boss, um, who is the leader, who um, who has the commando, but um, yeah, that, but do not treat them like that. Um, help them, but guide them. Okay, you mentioned this in the earlier in our show about sea monkeys. I want you to share, you know, that's a, that's a very interesting hobby and you grew this large business around it. I really don't know anything about sea monkeys. I, I guess they're a trend. A lot of people are fascinated by them, but what the heck are they? What and how do you buy and sell sea monkeys? <laughs> yeah, um, we are we are selling tadpole shrimps and sea monkeys, and these are so we are selling eggs. It's a tiny little eggs, and you give them into the water, and with uh, around twenty five degrees and a lamp on it, they hatch within twenty four hours. They live two to three months and um, get around five centimeters big. So it's for your aquarium. And it's, um, yeah, very nice because these people were living to, to, yeah, to a million years ago when the dinosaurs are, are living. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very interesting because, because these animals um, were on the planet million years ago. It's not like a dog or a cat. Um, they were million years uh, ago on the planet and uh, you can have them in your tank right now. So this is interesting. I've heard it's interesting because they're one of the few animals or creatures that actually can be dead and then basically come back to life, correct? I mean, they, they, they enter a suspended state, if you will, and then they return to life. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, the, the eggs do, yeah. The, 
text. Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. All right. So now we've learned about sea monkeys. So what, as we wrap it up, Ben, what is the single most important thing that you'd like our human capital listeners to take away from our talk today? Um, you should hire a team to, to get more professionalism in your company. Um, as I mentioned, I was starting as a solopreneur and I did all of my e-commerce store by myself. I did all the pictures and the logo and all the designs and all the content and everything I did by myself but i'm not a good designer so and that was how the result was look like so definitely um, hire people to help you they are very affordable these days and try it try it ben thanks for coming on the show today thanks for having me jeff uh, was a real pleasure for me to um, yeah tell your audience something about remote working and how to hire them and how to work with them and if people like to to check it out um, we have 14 days free trial on jobmify.com so you can place a job post there and just try it perfect so jobmify.com all right ben thanks again have a great day thanks thanks for listening to the show this week we release a new episode of Human Capital on the first and third Tuesday of each month. I would really like to know what you thought of this episode. Send your comments to humancapital at goalspan.com. Human Capital is produced by Goalspan. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and please share this podcast with your colleagues, team, or friends. Thanks for being human, kind.